Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We're together today. Fantastic, fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 13. And we are putting an exclamation point on this series called Perhaps the Lord. Some might say, Perhaps the Lord. Oh, what a faith-filled series this has been. I pray that God has used his word and the testimonies of saints of old, those who have gone before us, to really ignite something in your own soul about your journey. Numbers chapter 13, as you're turning there, let me... Let me read this. I came across this this week. I thought this would be good to communicate. A kindergarten teacher, a kindergarten teacher. How many of you are elementary school teachers do we have with us? Oh, awesome. We love. Come on, let's put our hands together. <laughs> elementary school teachers, you're the best. How many of you, you still remember your kindergarten teacher? Oh, yeah, there's a lot that I've forgotten, but you, mean, you never forget old kindergarten teacher. She was walking around her classroom, and as her students were drawing pictures, she noticed this one little girl was drawing so intently. So she leaned over, and she asked her what she was drawing. The little girl said, well, I'm drawing a picture of God. The teacher kind of laughed, and she said, oh, honey, nobody really knows what God looks like. Without missing a beat, the little girl said, well, they're about to in just a minute. I love it. I love it. I pray that through this series, you're beginning to see what God looks like. Now, now we don't see him physically, but over the last several weeks, the Bible paints a beautiful and powerful picture of who God is. And I pray that this is empowering us as the church to give the world a picture of who God is. You know, we, we started this several weeks ago, and we, we talked about Jonathan and his armor bearer and how God really stirred them. They said, hey, let's step out in faith. Let's take a risk. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Uh, we talked about Esther, this little orphan girl that God made to be queen. Esther was this one-girl revolution that changed an entire nation. We talked about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we learned how Jesus was the fourth man in the fire. Come on. And if you were here last week, we talked about Joab and Abishai, and we really dove into this idea of courage and what it means to be courageous for the Lord. Today, I want to talk to you out of Numbers chapter 13, and the title of the message is simply this, We Are Well Able. We are are well able. You see, the good news about the God that we serve is this. We serve the same God today that did all that stuff we've been talking about thousands of years ago. How many of you know that God has not changed? And if God did all of that stuff then, guess what? He can do it again. God doesn't change. His power doesn't change. His desire for lost humanity has not changed. And this is our God. Look at Numbers 13, verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said this, Let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able. Somebody say well able. We are well able to overcome. Come it. Now, 
That's the verse. That's the, the baseline for everything we'll talk about today on this special 320 Sunday. And I, I love the spirit of faith that I already sense in the house. And I think this is just going to give us a, an even greater picture of how to move forward in that faith. Let me give you some context what's happening here in the timeline of the people of God. The nation of Israel had been chosen by God from the beginning. Since the time of Abraham, God began to set his people apart, and God gave them a promise. Now, for 400 years, the Israelites had been slaves in Egypt. They had to bake bricks in the hot sun. They had been given no hope. They were oppressed. And then God raised up a man named Moses through a burning bush. And God began to use Moses in this process of freedom. Sometimes freedom is instantaneous, but sometimes it's a process. Sometimes God will give you a miracle, and it happens all at once. How many ever received a miracle like that? Suddenly, pow. But then sometimes the miracle, it takes place over time. And if you're a miracle in the making, I just want to encourage you, God is using this process of your miracle to include more people. All right, nod your head if you're with me. So God uses Moses to begin to set the people free. And you, you know the story, all the miracles. God gives Moses this stick, but it's not just a stick. It's the rod of God. And one supernatural thing after another. And finally, Pharaoh just says, okay, get out of here. You, you take your, your people, get out of my country. And then God uses Moses to bring the children of Israel out of bondage. They had to cross the Red Sea. They look back over their shoulder and see that God had destroyed all the Egyptian army from Pharaoh down to the last soldier. How many of you know when God gives victory, it's complete? And then they, they, they begin to enter this new season in their experience. They're, they're in the wilderness, and God is taking care of them. He provides manna every morning. He brings water from a rock. The Bible says their shoes didn't even wear out. Come on, somebody. And all this journey, now that, and he's given them, the, through, through Moses, the law on Mount Sinai. And now we see Moses and the Israelites on the brink of the promised land. They're standing at the very edge of their promise. And so Moses sends out 12 spies. Somebody say 12. Sends out 12 spies to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. There was one leader from every tribe. And so they went on a scouting mission into the promised land. And the Bible says that 10 came back with an unfavorable report. But two of them came back. One was Joshua, the other was Caleb. Now, now look at what verse 27 says. Let me bring us up to speed. The 10 spies told Moses this. They said, hey, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. Their cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. These were giants in the land. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Let me stop right here and say this. If you focus on your problems too long, you're going to come down with a bad case of the ites. You know what I'm talking about? Did, did, did you read everything they were up against? The Hittites, the Amorites, 
the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, the mosquito bites, the termites. Come on, everybody. Some of you say, Mike, how do I know if I have a bad case of the ites? Let me give you some symptoms. Y'all ready? You know you have the ites when you've got... These are the symptoms if you want to just check yourself before you wreck yourself. Complaining. Criticizing. Oh, it's getting quiet in this church. Oh, we were all shouting earlier. Murmuring, grumbling, uh, fear, making God small, negativity, All of these are symptoms of the ites. How many of you know somebody, you work with somebody, maybe you're related to somebody with the ites? Don't point to anybody in here right now. But if you focus on everything that's coming against you, you're going to catch something, all right? I want to tell you something about the the sickness of the ites. It's contagious. It spreads. Isn't it amazing how a spirit of negativity will spread like wildfire? Do you know they say, foresters say in California, that a fire doubles every 60 seconds. Do you see how something as small as negativity and doubt and unbelief, it begins to spread? I want to give you several thoughts here that I think are going to help us move into our promised land. If you want to move into the promise that God has for you, how many of you sense destiny on your life? Okay, only seven of you. <laughs> oh, man, I don't think I've done my job as your pastor. Do you sense the hand of God on you leading you somewhere? Okay, if you sense purpose in your soul and a promise in front of you, I want to give you three simple things, and the first one is this. Here's how you're going to be able to step into that promise. Number one, you're going to have to silence the voice of doubt. You're going to have to silence some things in your life because you and I, we live, we work, we go to school in a world of negativity. You're going to see the ites everywhere. You're going to bump up against criticism and doubt and unbelief. You're going to have to silence those voices. Notice what Caleb did in verse 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses. What's Caleb doing? He said, shh, hey, hey, y'all quit all that. Hush. How many of you, your mama ever told you to hush? My mama used to say, boy, you better hush your mouth because it's about to get you in trouble. Anybody ever get a wet backhand from mama? Oh, yes. Sometimes we can mess things up with our mouth. We can say things. You know when your words create an atmosphere? You know what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what's in your heart? And you got to be careful that you don't allow criticism and negativity and fear to jump on you. Hey, hey, shut all that down. Hush. Y'all be quiet. Some of you, you work in an environment where there's just negativity everywhere. You know what? It would do your soul good to shut that down. Mm. I was thinking about, you know, at my house, we, we have an alarm. We set the alarm every night. And part of the reason why we do this is to protect what's in the house. The, the, the people in my house, those that have my last name, are of most value to me. So the reason why I have an alarm is to keep the bad stuff out so I can make sure the good stuff in is taken care of. But there are sometimes the kids will take the dog out and they forget that the alarm is set. 
And that alarm has gone off and traumatizes this little multi-poo. I mean, she's just trembling. And, she, and that alarm is so loud, it makes an announcement to the entire neighborhood. Beep, 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 beep. I mean, it's waking everybody up. Some of you, you need an alarm to your spirit. If there's anything, because the devil's trying to get access. Come on, you know where I'm going with this. The devil's trying to get access into your spirit, into your thinking, into your mouth, so he can poison what God is producing in you. How do you protect what's inside of you? You know what? Doing what we're doing right here. I mean, we're singing, we're declaring, we're confessing things. What's happening? There's a spirit of faith that's being built inside of us. You see, you don't live by seeing, you live by believing. We are believers. Can I have a good amen? We are people of faith. Can I have a good amen? And so we've got to declare those. Don't let doubt and unbelief come inside and, and, and create something toxic in your soul. You know what? I, I, I like to listen to worship music so loud. How many like loud worship music? And just in your car, you cranking it up. I like to listen to my worship music so loud that I can't hear the lies of the devil. You see, if you walk around in silence, then the enemy will sit on your shoulder. And just like these, these 10 spies, man, they're saying, oh, man, they're ites. Look at all the ites, man. The cities are strong and fortified, man. These people are huge. They're giants. They're, they're everywhere. And Caleb had to say, uh-uh-uh, y'all be quiet. Y'all quit that. Uh-uh. Don't spread that among us. Now, notice how many spies carried a negative report? Ten. How many spies walked in and declared faith? Two. You know what that tells me? The voices of doubt will always outnumber the voice of faith. Ten against two. There was a majority report that said, oh, those giants are too big. It, this is a no. But then there was a minority report that said, wait a second, our God is bigger. I say, let's go. I want to tell you this, don't buy into the majority. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't care if everybody around you is talking doubt and saying that it can't be done. The God who created you, the God who loves you, the God who is for you lives inside of you. And those giants may be big, but your God is bigger. Don't evaluate the size of your God based on your circumstances. You need to evaluate your circumstances based on the size of your God. Are you with me? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that today. You listen to the, the, to the voices of the ten. You can't find God anywhere in their report. They don't even mention his name. Their report has nothing to do with God. They said, listen, there are giants in the land, and we're like grasshoppers. In fact, they evaluated the size of their God based on how they felt themselves. Some of you feel small, but listen, don't make God small. It's okay for you to feel small. Maybe the situation you're up against is bigger than you, but it's not bigger than your God. Don't try to squeeze God down to the size of your fear. Step out in faith and watch how God begins to grow in you. You see, these two men, Joshua and Caleb, they brought back a different report, and it was based on the faithfulness of their God. 
They're like, wait a second, wait a second, guys. Remember when we were in Egypt and Moses showed up with that stick? Remember all the miracles that God did? Remember how he parted the Red Sea? Hey, remember we've been walking through this wilderness and every morning we wake up, there's food on the ground. Remember when we got thirsty and Moses took that stick and he hit the rock and water came forth. Uh, Listen, some of you, it would do you good to look back and just see the faithfulness of God in your life. If you begin to rehearse how good, listen, has God been good to you? Has God blessed you? Has God's hand been upon you and your marriage and your children? Has God supplied everything that you needed? I mean, listen, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Silence the voices of doubt and negativity. One area that I think that really challenges us, and I want to show you this. I talked to some men Friday and felt like the Lord wanted me to bring this to the whole church. I want you to get out your wallet, get out your purse, or whatever it is that represents your source of income, your, your financial capacity. I want you to take your wallet out just for a second. Okay, now this is not a high-pressure situation. Well, what are you doing, Pastor? You got cameras on us. You're telling us to get out our money. No, listen, I want you to see this exercise, okay? Because if there's one voice that screams at us consistently, it's as it relates to wealth, supply, and need. Watch this. Take your wallet, and I want you to put it right in front of your face like this, okay? Maybe just an inch or two right, right from your face. Okay, what do you see? Yeah, the only thing you can see is this wallet. The devil wants you to live life in such a way where all you think about, all you talk about, all you worry about is if you're going to be all right. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough to pay my bills. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough to live on. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough to take care of my kids. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough to retire. We worry a whole lot about this. Now, I want you to move it from your face as far as you can. Now, put it out in front of you like this. You see the space? Check this out. The Bible says in Psalm 118, verse 5, when I was hard-pressed. Anybody know anything about pressure? Money will put pressure on you. Money will press you and make you think, man, that this is all there. When I was hard-pressed, I called unto the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. Now, what do you see? Okay, well, I I see I've got need, but there's a, a, a larger perspective here now. I don't have to worry about this because I see something greater. Come on, are you with me? I see that my God can supply. You see, you don't think about God. You think that, that, that money is your God when you're focused like this. But when you walk into a spacious place, it brings that problem down to size. Quit talking to God about all of your problems and start talking to your problems about your God. (laughs) Caleb says, wait a second. No, 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 y'all hush. Y'all be quiet. It's amazing how that the words of 10 spies affected 3 million people. Guess what happened? They all began to go in circles. For 40 years, they wandered in circles. You know what happens? When you complain, you remain. But when you praise, God says, I'm going to raise you higher. K. 
Caleb had to quiet the people. Number one, you're going to have to silence the voices of doubt. But number two, listen to this, you're going to have to move forward in faith. Move forward. Somebody say forward. Notice what he says here in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and what did he say? Let us... What, 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 what? Now this, I don't know what translation of the Bible that you're reading, but this is the new Cajun translation. He says, what, what does Caleb say? Once you silence the voice of doubt and unbelief, then you got to move forward in faith. Caleb is saying, hey, let's go. Come on, somebody say, let's go. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, let's go. Come on, you can't just sit still. We got to go somewhere. Let's go. Come on, how many of you were hollering at that TV last night during that football game? And then you know that TV can't hear you. And it ain't talking back to you, but you got something to say. Let's go. I think the Spirit of God is telling us as a church, move forward in faith. It's time to go. God is always bringing his people somewhere. Can I say that again? God is always bringing us somewhere. If you're just going to sit still forever, then you're not in the will of God. God's trying to move you forward. Now listen, they were in the wilderness. At least they weren't in Egypt, but they weren't in the promised land yet. It's amazing how fear wanted them to move backwards. Fear will always cause you to retreat, but faith will always move you forward. Can I have a good amen? You see, God's best, I want you to hear this, and, and, and whatever your context is, if you're single, you're believing for a spouse, if you're married, you're believing for children, I mean, if you've got kids and you're, you're thinking about your family, or maybe there's a big deal at work and your job and your career, whatever your context is, I want you to hear this, God's best is always in front of you. Now catch that with your spirit, because the enemy wants you to think that your best days are behind you. The enemy wants you to think that your best relationships are behind you. The enemy wants you to think that your best moments are in your rearview mirror when the Spirit of God says, no, no, your best is still in front of you. I think, okay, Lord, 26 years here as a church. Healing Place Church is 26 years old, and we have an amazing history. I thank God for the history of this thing called HPC. But I want you to know this. I am more committed to our future than I am to our past. I'm not trying to protect and preserve the past and just live in the past. I thank God for where we came from, but I'm more excited about where we're going. And you need to embrace that in your spirit. And, and I'm not saying that it's not without battle and struggle and trial. For 26 years, we have had mountains to climb. We've had giants to face. We've had obstacles to overcome. You know what? We've had to silence the voices of doubt. But we've had to make a commitment to move forward in faith. You know, 26 years, 
12 campuses. We have international campuses. We have local campuses, regional campuses. This past Easter, we had 25,000 people that attended a Healing Place campus. And 26 years ago, we started with 12. Can I tell you, this has been a journey of faith. And had we been satisfied with what we've always done, we would have stayed right where we were. Now, you know what? As, as excited as I am about all that God's done, I know that God's best for this church is still in front of us. And that's why we give. That's why on 320 Sundays like today, man, we trust God, we obey God, and we sow a seed into our future because God's best is still in front of us. I have yet to preach my best sermons. We have yet to sing our best songs. Man, we have yet to experience the best move of God. There are campuses to be planted. There are properties to acquire. There are buildings to be built. There are ministries to be launched that we haven't even considered yet. And guess what? Our best days as a church are in front of us. And I speak that over you personally. In your life, you need to just commit and just make a decision in your soul. Lord, I know that my best days are in front of me. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to doubt. Lord, I'm setting my face toward the future. I heard a guy say this week that growing up in school, he told me this. He said, growing up in school, I was picked on by a bully. Every day he demanded my lunch money because he was bigger than me. I gave it to him. Then one day I started to take karate. I started taking lessons. He said, I began to learn how to fight. I began to learn how to defend myself. I got some moves now in my arsenal. And so, man, I was equipped for that bully. And then the instructor informed me that every lesson was going to cost me $5 a lesson. So I went back to paying the bully because it was just cheaper. You see, some of us are just content to pay the bully instead of being willing to pay the price for freedom. You see, listen, oh, I feel the Spirit of God right now. Everything up until this point, God had done for the children of Israel. He did it all. He parted the Red Sea. Man, are you kidding me? Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the planet, and man, God did it. Man, Pharaoh was undone. All the people had to do, I mean, man, they didn't have to work for their food. They woke up and there it was. Everything they needed, God supplied. But in the promised land, he tells them this, you're going to have to pick up a sword and you're going to have to learn how to fight. Come on, if you're going to step into your promise, you better learn how to fight. Because in the promised land, they're the ites. Come on, somebody. And God's not going to do it for you, but God's going to do it through you. Come on, can I have a good amen? You see, the, the principle of the kingdom is this. Nobody can stop you but you. Come on. So, somebody say, nobody can stop me but me. Turn to your neighbor and say, can't nobody stop you but you. Listen, don't blame your boss. Don't blame your spouse. Come on, somebody. Don't blame your kids. Man, it's on nobody but you. The, the God who created you, he dwells inside of you, and he says, I'm going to teach you how to fight so you can walk in your promise. Don't you dare go backwards. Romans 8, 15, the Bible says this, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to what? Fall back in fear. 
You don't have a slave mentality. Don't fall back into the fears of yesterday, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, whereby we say, Abba, Father. Let me declare this over you. The will of God, listen to me, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God can't sustain you. God's moving us forward. Number one, man, we got to silence the voices of doubt. Number two, we got to move forward in faith. And finally, number three, with God, we are well able. With God. What ability are we talking about here? It's not our strength, it's not our ability, but it's the presence of Almighty God. And Caleb makes this declaration no, 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 no. Hey, don't talk doubt, don't talk unbelief. Man, forget fear. Don't make God small. Let's move forward in faith. Why? Because the God that that did all that stuff then, he can do it again. Let's move forward in faith. You see, the the steps of faith we take today will always affect somebody else's tomorrow. What you do in this moment, it will impact somebody else's Future. You know, we've been talking about, and I'm gonna, in just a moment, I'm gonna show you a video. But we've been talking about the, the, the projects that God has laid on our hearts. You said, Mike, why do we, 320, why, why do we give on a Sunday like this? And if you're new here, if this is your first time, please don't feel any pressure to be a part of the, 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 the final portion of this service. But as a spiritual family, we, we designate a weekend out of the year to really make a faith commitment toward our future. And one of those things that we've talked about is a future campus. Lord, open up something at LSU. God, would you open up something in Ascension Parish? And we've been knocking on doors. And I want to show you a couple of photos, a picture of a door that God has recently opened. There's a piece of property in Ascension Parish on Airline Highway. It's about eight acres. And I believe that that acreage is zoned for transformation. I just believe it. I sense it in my soul. And we've made an offer on this eight-acre piece of property. And this offer has been accepted with some final details to work out. But in my spirit, by faith, come on, somebody say, by faith. By faith, I see a campus, an expression of HPC down in Ascension Parish. Over 600 feet of frontage right there on Airline Highway in Gonzales Prairieville. If you know where Walk-Ons is, you go across the street from Walk-Ons and there's that piece of property right there. I think from that location, we're gonna be able to pull from Ascension Parish and and a lot of different, that is is prime location for us. That piece of, you know, your giving on this weekend will help us to develop a campus, our HPC Ascension Campus right there. Why? We are well able to possess the land, the land, the land. And it's not about, it's not even about dirt. For us, it's not about property. It's about eternity. This is about impacting people. This is about giving people a chance to experience what you and I know and love here. Come on, are you with me? And so in the meantime, what we've been talking about doing is is having a, 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 we've been talking to a nearby school to the principal, to the administrators, to the superintendent about doing a temporary campus at a school location until we can build out the permanent facility in Ascension.
And I just believe that God, he's kind of connecting the dots. We've had to take a step of faith. Listen, we've had to silence a lot of voices of doubt. But we believe that with God, we're well able. You know, last year at this time, many of you participated in 320. And it allowed us to buy a piece of property in Swaziland, Africa. Sub-Saharan Africa. Many of you know we have a campus there that on any given Sunday will reach between seven and 800 people. Man, so many at-risk kids have, have found hope and help through the local church. And so your giving last year allowed us to purchase this piece of property. And guess what? We're, we're, we've talked to architects. We've got drawings. We broke ground a couple months ago. And here's the future facility that we envision building in Swaziland. Check that. Does that look familiar to anybody? Come on. I, I love the opportunity and the possibility. Come on, put your hands together. And so what do we do? What do we do? Are we content to stay where we are? Do we long for the past, the safety of familiarity? Or do we step out in faith to reach more people? You see, when we give, transformation takes place. Last, uh, some of you participated in this 320 opportunity that helped to create a Denham Springs campus. Today, there will be between 800 and 1,000 people worshiping God, just like you, at a campus in Denham Springs. And I, I, want to see, I want you to see the testimony of one life. There are so many lives, so many stories that could be told. But I want you to see the example of one person whose life was forever changed because of moments like this. We're going to show this video, and then I'm going to turn it over to your campus pastor, and he's going to give you some instructions, and you'll be able to worship together. Why don't you check out this video testimony of what God did last year? Hey, this is Johnny Green, and I'm here at our Denham Springs campus. This campus was provided through your generosity and our 320 offering. We believe that God would give us about 500 people to minister to right here. But God is a God of exceedingly abundantly above. And every single Sunday, about eight to 900 people walk through the doors of this campus. Every one of those people represents a story and a life that's been changed. And I got to sit down with one of those people today. Cindy Teal has an amazing story and we wanna share that with you today. So Cindy, you've been coming here to the Denham campus since last year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your life before you came to this campus? I had a bad marriage, ended up in divorce, and um, I have two kids, mm -hmm. and uh, my son was turning 18, and on his 18th birthday, he told me that he didn't believe in, in things that I had done in the marriage and uh, really just didn't want to have much of anything to do with me anymore. And I was like, you know, I've, I've just got to just completely do it different. I've got to either go all in, you know, my life just isn't working. Now, talk to me about um, kind of when you just committed everything to the Lord and felt just completely accepted by Him. What was that moment like for you? I had been coming to church, like I said, um, for a while, but I just still felt lost. And um, during the break, Pastor Ryan got on stage and he said, I know I'm speaking to somebody that's here today. He said, you know, you're out there and you have your head bowed in shame. He said, lift your head. You know, you, 
Jesus died so you don't have to be, you know, ashamed anymore. And it was like God was just speaking to me. And it was that day that I gave my life to the Lord. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell me about your life now. What's what, what does it feel like? What are you involved in? I'm involved in the church. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do anything that they have going on here. I want to be here because this is home. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my family. And I went through next steps, completed next steps, started serving in Courageous Kids. Um, I have a daughter with a disability and knowing that, just finding out y'all had that, I uh, just really reached out to me and I was like, that's where I need to go. I have been so blessed with my daughter mm-hmm. that I need to give back to that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want everybody to feel what I feel mm-hmm. and to experience what I've experienced here. So, yeah, I mean, I want to be involved as much as I can with the church. That's that's what I live for now. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the people that um, that gave a couple years ago so that a Denim campus could exist and and provide this for the community. I just want to tell everybody who gave, thank you. Thank you for giving me a home. Thank you for welcoming me home. And thank you for helping me to find my salvation. And I want someone else to be able to find what I have found here at Healing Place. You know, I, I believe that the story of Cindy is waiting to happen again and again and again and again and again. She was desperate to find a place and a space for healing. And your generosity helped to create that environment for her. And my prayer for you is this, as you prepare your gift, and again, there's there's no pressure behind this. Listen, if you didn't come prepared to give today, that's fine. You know, maybe you come next week in the days and weeks ahead, you can still participate. But my prayer for you is this, that what you have committed to God's house, the seeds of faith that you've sown here, that God would multiply that in your house. And that as you have prioritized the kingdom, that God's very best would rest upon you. And the promise that you stand at the very edge of, that today, that you would find the faith to move forward and take that step. You know what? I believe we're going to see victory. Victory. Why? Because the battle doesn't even belong to you. It's His. This whole thing is in God's hands. Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.